Hello unicorns and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Linny and as always I'm here with Lara and Lizzie and this week we are going to be talking about New Amsterdam, a show on NBC. NBC. <laughs> I had to check myself. So yes, it's on NBC and we have a lot of feelings about it. So to talk about that is Lizzie. Hello unicorns. As Linny said, today we're talking about New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam does air on NBC. It's currently on its third season. And um, though I think I am the only one fully caught up, um, I will be trying to keep this um, sort of free of the latest little spoilers, but assume that if we are going to talk about the show, we are going to spoil you. So if you don't want to be spoiled, just consider this my recap. You should watch New Amsterdam and then just skip to the end and then that's it. Uh, if you don't care about the spoilers, which you probably don't if you're clicking play on this and you listened to us before, um, let's talk about this show and why you should watch it. This is a recent show for me, a recent show for Lyra, and a recent show for Lenny. Uh, this was a, one of those pandemic finds. Um, I remember hearing about New Amsterdam and thinking, oh, another medical show. And then it started this guy who was just on the blacklist, and I hated his character on the blacklist so much. So I was like, yeah, this is a no, it's a big no, thank you. And I ignored New Amsterdam for a couple of seasons. And then, you know, the pandemic came, and Peacock sent, kept sending me emails about how I should try things. And it's like, okay, it's the middle of a pandemic, why not? Uh, so I played the first episode. And... Um, Yes, I think the pilot, let, let's discuss the pilot as a way of selling the show because I really do think it's an effective uh, first episode sort of for setting the tone of why the show is different. Um, so since you both started after me, what was it about, for example, the beginning, the first episode of the characters? What was the thing that made you say, you know what, I'm just going to click play on episode two. Uh, Lenny, Lenny goes first. I don't remember the pilot. Oh, <laughs> now we can ask no, how kidding. many episodes you watched. <laughs> no, I'm you not can't. You. I'm not telling you. You said that Lara doesn't wait get to know. the podcast. Now we must know. But I already know, so you don't have to what know. What do you mean you already know? <laughs> she said she was going to wait until the podcast. This is unfair. No, I was punishing you for something I don't remember currently, but... Oh, my God. That is not <laughs> friendship. I was punishing you for something. Yes. Wait, that is not friendship? I literally just told you I hated you because you bought your friends. So the definitions of friendship are very, very, hey, very... I... Lyra cult- has to buy her friends. I'm cultivating an experience. Okay, so my experience but, but, is worth ten dollars. But can you explain? Can you explain it on Animal Crossing because it sounds really <laughs> bad? And if Lenny leaves it in, people are gonna think very bad things about you. You already said it. Oh, it's I'm Animal it. Crossing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the pilot, Lenny. Okay, the right. pilot. We should probably stay on topic, huh? Um, <laughs> um, I feel like it was one of those rare beasts where the pilot was actually good. And I know that that sounds kind of bad, but a lot of shows um, don't really get into their rhythm or, like, find something um, that interests me. 
um, within the first episode, it usually takes two or three. Uh, like, I'll, I'll give a right. show around four episodes, typically, because if by that point, at least one of the characters hasn't pulled me in, then they're not going to. Um, but on the first episode, I feel like everyone was already um, deeply complex and well-written, and, like, you're getting to know everybody, but it didn't feel like the writers were also getting to know them. Like, it felt like they understood who they were and kind of where they wanted to take them. Um, one of the things that stuck out with me most, though, is I don't feel like a lot of medical dramas go into um, shaking up the system. Like, it's typically they're just wanting to get in the drama of, like, saving a life. I feel like the show goes more into the things that keep them from helping people. The things that are in the way of, like, true help. And, like, Max's character is sort of the window in which we see that it could be changed. It could be different. It could be something better. And um, all it takes is people who actually care to, like, shake up the system. Um, Like, I don't, I don't know enough about the medical stuff like some of it seems very easy and like they're just skipping steps in like medicine and stuff to like make it an easy ending or whatever but I appreciate that during all of that they're bringing up issues and concerns and having a conversation and um it starts in the first episode with Max just saying how can I help and I think that's a good beginning. Lyra. What am I supposed Beat to that. say? She said everything. Beat that. Beat that. <laughs> yeah, she really did. But you can try. <laughs> next time, next time I won't let her go first. I promise. Oh, no. She she could go first. Trains, like three of them were passing by. So, yeah. Um, So, New Amsterdam, first episode. That whole, how can I help? I hated it at first because I was like, this is really, really cheesy and this isn't going to last an episode. He's going to be disillusioned by the end of the first episode. He's going to be broken by the system. Um, But he like broke the system itself and was like, bye, I'm a fire. Everybody I don't think is contributing to a positive experience at this hospital and it lasts and you actually kind of like it and the characters that are introduced they feel developed and they feel like worth investing right off the bat and that's witchcraft magic i don't know the writer's room which i need to sit down and look through the writer's room but yeah that and everything that lenny said ah! right it's so like just co-sign everything that lenny said first Parmaj. Um, I, I do think I agree that it's a very good pilot. That's what I brought it up. Um, I, I think the how can I help bit of it really works. Um, I'm not a cynic like Lyra, so it really worked for me from the beginning. Um, I also didn't think he was going to end up dissolution by the system. Um, I did think he was going to get beat down more than he is. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't get beat down, but at some point you're like, Max, how can you still be optimistic, dude? Like, just, just give me a little bit of whatever you're, like, taking here. Because, uh, I mean, bad stuff happens and he keeps sort of being the same person. Um, 
which is sort of a fun dynamic when you bring in the other characters around who are in many ways uh, having their own issues, but also being like, hello, Max, reality here. This is Max. Um, and I think the character that works in that capacity more is Helen, who is basically um, the character who keeps having to tell Max, um, that's not the way things work. Or at least it's not as easy as you say it is. Um, and somehow that doesn't make her an annoying character. Like somehow she still works. She still has her own storylines and she isn't just there to be... Because sometimes a character that gets to bring reality can end up being a wet blanket. Like, ugh, here she is again telling our brave hero this can't be done. And I, I never feel like that's Helen. Like, she, she's never yeah, like... She's never like HR uh, Toby from The Office. Like, she's ruining things. She's, well, yeah. I mean, I think that they do a good job of like incorporating them all into this sense of like wonderment that he's doing this. Like even if they're like, this isn't the way it's done. This is really ridiculous. It's going to take a lot of work. These are the problems. You have A, B, C, D, E, F that you need to like accomplish for this to happen. Every single one of them is like, oh, you're helping things. You're improving things. And she, she sees this as well. I think which helps her um helps her not feel like that wet legged because she's she's on his side she's just on his side realistically speaking um that is a a relationship uh that a lot of people are very invested about um that uh, has not developed romantically i would say at all despite what people have wanted probably from before they should want it because we gotta remember max spends the entire season one married. Um, is that a relationship that knowing what um, we're all on different like moments of this binge watch, um, but is that something you could see romantically in the future? Um, something that would interest you romantically or is that something you're like, I would really just like them to stay friends? Um, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm cool. Like, I could see that there's there's potential for build-up there. But right now, they're at a place where, damn, you guys are really good friends. I don't see, like, the sparks of romance, but they could be added in there. Um, They have a relationship that I don't think I've seen a man and a woman have on TV. And I really like the direction they're going. And I really like how they're getting to know each other even still in, like, season two after all these things have happened. Um, but, I mean, I, I could see people shipping them and why. I don't think I'm ready for it. I don't think they're ready for it. Um, but eventually, a couple seasons down the line, it could happen. I don't I don't particularly, I know I haven't let any answer, but I don't particularly think it would be or that they're thinking of it as a, we're in the middle of season three. I don't even think they're thinking of it as a season three thing, yeah. even if it's maybe end of season three or like four. Like the show has been renewed till season five. Um, so I, knowing that you have this amount of time to tell this story, allows some liberties uh, writing wise to set up things that you might want to set up. What do you think, Lenny? I mean, I. I don't see it personally. Um, 
like, I see them as really good friends, and I, I like the foundation that they've built, and I, I don't know, I just, I don't see romantics, maybe it's because of where I am. Yeah, how many episodes I have really, you watched, Lenny? I really like the wife, and... She's pretty cool. I really... I like her. Yeah, I really like the vibe that he has going, so, like, it's, I, I'm very, like, I can't imagine someone else with someone else when they're with someone it, it right. just is not my vibe i don't like that so um right now they just to me have a very sibling vibe and i i'm not able to see around that um if that changes or if they establish something that gives me a different vibe later on fine as long as the wife isn't you know there <laughs> like um yeah. Liddy's pretending she doesn't know what happens. Uh, but <laughs> Liddy, Liddy is somewhere in season one. We're not going to confirm where. Uh, okay. Lyra is almost at the end of season This is two, our podcast, I so I can say you're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and I am caught up, and I am going to tell you that the answer for me probably changed somewhere in season three. Um, not change in a way that I'm like, I need them to get together now, but did change in a way where I was like, you know what? I actually do want them to get together, which probably was, wasn't an answer that I was good, that I would have given you anywhere in season one at all, uh, or even in season two. Even if I feel season two spends a lot of time building their dynamic, the dynamic is still friendship in season two. That's what it is. Um, they're, they're just very good at balancing each other out. And then they have, the show's managed to build a relationship where it feels like both of them learn from each other um, and both of them make each other better, um, which is a weird relationship to, to have, to set up on TV and leave it as friendship. It's not, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but on TV, it rarely happens. Um, in fact, it even rarely happens that you set it up and don't pay off on it in three seasons. They do a lot of progressive stuff on this show, though. Like, I feel like the writers aren't interested in doing the easy line of, of thought. Like, they always kind of have something to say. And I know that's probably pretty vague. But, like, the things that they have to say... They're trying to make commentary about the state of things. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, like I said, I'm um, early into the whole storyline. So um, it's hard to say, but like, it would be a radical thing that they might very well do to have them build up this relationship and keep it as friendships because you don't get to see a man and a woman be friends like that. I, I would have agreed with you, but there is always a moment in TV where you're like, aha, they're going romantic, called it. And I saw that moment in season three. Um, and when I, I saw that moment in episode four or five, I don't remember exactly, I was like, yeah. I mean, I always felt they were, I always felt they were going romantic, but when they introduce a level of a uh, little jealousy, like you can see it sort of like, it's even, I, I felt it as even the character sort of realizing it. Right. The, the character be like, what the hell is this thing I'm feeling? Like, what? Why this am I upset? 
why is this upsetting me? Right? right. And then when you see the character sort of have that moment, you're like, because they could have gone the easy, cheap way, which was uh, after what happened with Georgia, they could have done something with them in season two. And that probably would have been um, ridiculous. The wrong way to go about uh, any relationship. And then after, um, gotta consider that the show took a long break for the pandemic. So in Showtime, it's been a couple of years since the end of season one. Um, because it's been the year that was season two. So, and then they took the entire pandemic sort of like, um, they did at the beginning of season three, a little five minutes. This is a pandemic. Bye. I'm not going to deal with it, which I'm glad they didn't. Um, so it's been some time and I don't think they're, they are like doing anything right now other than setting up the possibility for in the future, paying it off. Um, and, um, I, I can't say I mind that they feel like they're going to pay that off at some point, especially because when you're super, I feel like when you're super invested in a relationship, whether it be a friendship or whatever, um, if it feels natural, like the progression was natural and the characters could actually go there, you're just like, okay, fine. If that's what you feel, I'll accept your feelings, dude. And then you, you sort of like, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, so I brought up Max and Helen. Uh, Helen's my favorite. Um, uh, who is your favorite? Helen. Helen. See, Lyra's yeah. gonna say Lyra's gonna say Max. I know it. And she's... Max is my favorite. Um, his like, I don't know, his attitude and his so how can I help you? And even when he blunders and makes a hot mess of things, he gets back up and he keeps going. And it's, I think it's admirable. And I'm like, you're a basic kind of like white dude and I really, really like you. What's going on? That's not me. But I guess that is me for this show. Except that he's not a bad basic white dude. I really like Helen and not just because she always looks amazing. Like how is she, she does. practicing? How is she practicing medicine like that? How many skirts like, does that she have she t- too? Right? They're not even and regular like, skirts. They're she... high-waisted long skirts that I don't think... Where do you buy those? I mean, no. That, those are not as uncommon as you think. It's just she owns all of them. <laughs> so they are uncommon. And, they, and they, look, they look really good on her. Um, yeah. So, I mean, good. They found something that worked for her and they went with it. Uh, but yeah, she is... Uh, she's my favorite. And then Lyra's apparently... Uh, partial to Max. So let's talk about the characters who I assume we still like but are not our favorites. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about Lauren, who is um, more of a complicated character than she I thought she was going to be at the beginning. Uh, up and down for me. Sometimes I really like her. Sometimes she really annoys me. Um, she has a storyline that um, you guys are far off in season three where I just wanted to shake her. Like, girl, your privilege is showing. Please park it right here. Um, but she's also had some really, really good tender moments with other people in the hospital. She's had a specific moment with Iggy that every time I think about it, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to cry here. Um, so in general, I think that just makes her a good character. Um, the, the ups and downs, I don't think, make her a bad character. She's just going through shit. Yeah, I, I think that she's probably my second favorite just because she's so messy and 
so um she has this like you said she like uh i'm at the part where she's struggling with her ritalin addiction and all that stuff so um it's it i don't know they just they take her and they make her messy without making her um a terrible human being if that makes sense like they manage to like she goes and she apologizes and she recognizes her faults and she knows that she's afraid of being lonely and she self-sabotages by um uh, what do you call it setting her up with the guy that she really likes with her friend like she does all these things and like they're not necessarily bad things but you can see that they're self-sabotaging things and you just want to root for her and like let her take a nap and like right like what why do you have to work so many shifts like woman just get some sleep right like you're just getting on my last nerve like i every time i see her um and and the actress looks beautiful but she always looks tired like the power of makeup so i assume it's it's makeup because she really does always look super tired um but i like her and i really like her dynamic with uh casey the nurse um on the year um he is also a very different character from the stereotypical latino we see um yeah i thought he was gonna die i was like there's no way he's gonna survive and he's 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 like he looks like a tough guy he has all these tattoos and he was in the army and he's just a marshmallow like he's he's like very quickly he'd be like just like he melts and it's I, I absolutely love it. I think that's a good um dynamic between the two of them. A very good dynamic that I also like that despite that thing we talk about Max and Helen and that possibility, the show doesn't really try to play off every male female dynamic as possibly romantic. Like there's nothing romantic between um Lauren and Casey. And they're not trying to pay off everything as, oh, this could be it. Um, which also I, I think makes sense of what they they might do one. You're like, okay, fine, you get one. Yeah, I I like how he takes care of her. That was one of the things that like he's he's just moving in in places that she's faltering, and he's not like ratting her out or like condemning her because he I think he understands that she's got her her issues or whatever. But he's also real with her as soon as she brings it up and like acknowledges it he's like girl you got issues and you need to get help (laughs) right right get help yeah i like that and i like that people aren't immediately sexualized just for being the opposite gender like you said like it's just really refreshing that everybody is in a working relationship right right and then i I ended up, despite not liking how the show starts with her and Floyd, I ended up liking that that sort of like was set up as a relationship that could have been and just never went anywhere. Sometimes that happens. Right, yes. It's nice that they did that to a certain extent for sure because that's real life. And I, I don't know, it's just, it's nice to see things kind of blow up a little bit without it being like a horrendous side effect, if that makes sense. Right. So, Lyra, you got any Lauren feelings? 
first of all, I was like, who's Lauren? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> not I don't, in a bad like, way. The only way I'm learning their names is through this podcast. I'm like, okay, I hope Lizzie says exactly. their names first and I can extrapolate. I don't know it's, anybody's name. It's Dr. Bloom. <laughs> okay, like, Lauren from the ER. Dr. Bloom, yes. the uh, She is somebody who you shouldn't really connect with because she's got money she's got first world problems uh on the surface and then as it gets deeper you start realizing um (laughs) she's got some messed up childhood um and she like we were talking about like the relationship between her and casey he calls her um out on her crap all the time and sees right through her and i would kind of want to see more of their relationship not even as like in a romantic sense um but just they have to have each other's back um they need to know but each they other are like siblings yeah they know each other in a way that nobody they else does at that are hospital. Like siblings. so yeah so like i would like to see more of that relationship um but yeah she she messes up a lot of her own stuff in her own life and like she 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 exchanges one addiction for the other but i mean addiction ain't no joke addiction is a hot mess it turns you into a hot mess and it's really hard to like pull yourself out of that so yeah um she's grown on me for sure yeah i i mean she is it, it's like Lenny was saying before like they can make her mess not I mean, she is messy, but she doesn't feel like a mess in a way that is like, oh, I can't stand this messy character. There are characters that sometimes the mess just overtake the character. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think that's that's happened with her. Uh, I think they they do a really good job of balancing that fine line. Um, and then another, I mean, I'm, this is nothing against him. I just like the other characters more. But I think my least favorite character in New Hampshire is probably Floyd. Um, more my elimination. More my elimination. Well, that was till the end of season two where we got a new doctor. And Dr. Shin showed up and he immediately went to the bottom of my list. Um, very much to the bottom of my list by just being that stereotypical doctor who knows it all. And would like everyone to know that they know more than um, anyone else. And then when um, I had Dr. Shin for like one episode, I was like, can't you just give me Floyd back? I really miss Dr. Reynolds. And so um, I will admit season three has given me a new appreciation for Dr. Reynolds just by comparing him to someone else. Um, Before that, though, he was really probably of the main six, my least favorite. Um. He he never bothered me, but he, he was not like, oh, my God. I'm, he has a storyline in season three where I think it was the first time that I was like, um, oh, I'm going to cry with you here. And that, that was good because in general, he, he has been the character I've been I had a harder time relating to. Yeah, there were some things about him that were uniquely the black experience. And as a white Latina, I don't know. So sometimes I feel like I had a her time understanding some parts of his story um and i wish they would have um extrapolated on them and maybe like told us a little bit more on it but sometimes you just show the black experience is not the show's job to like break down and show you everything 
Um, it's not for us. Yeah. yeah, it's not for us. And that's okay. That's the power of a lot of the stuff that they do so far that I've seen is that they just have, like, brief casual conversations. Like, um, him and Helen. Makes a human. Yeah, like, it's it's not like um, all these shows that are currently trying to do, like, Black Lives Matter episodes in order to be trendy. And then forget about They're it simply, the next episode. Yeah, right. They're simply expressing sentiments that are true to these people as they exist in the world. And it's not, like, a deep, like... They're sobbing every other ap- episode about it. It's like, this is just the reality. Yeah. And they talk about it in realistic ways. And, like, the pain and the heartbreak, of course. But, like, just true. I don't know. Yeah, and they, they like, Reynolds, he isn't just, like, a lot of times shows take characters that are black, Asian, Latino. They make them black latino or asian for that episode for a specific purpose in the show reynolds yeah, exactly, is black yeah. and his experience is like that all the time he he like he right. can't be eaten. he doesn't just remember that that's his experience when you exactly need to. and he can't be replaced so easily because there are other shows um that i've been watching and they'll they have a, a latina character and in the beginning her being latina was core to it like it, it was part of her and now she can easily be replaced with anybody else and it wouldn't make a difference because her being latina isn't who she is like and, and it's different from the way that reynolds is and um um helen or Sh- dr sharp um it's part of their experience. No, she, she, she and I are friends. Helen and then Reynolds. We, we're close, Helen and I. We can call her by her first name. I'm all, uh, for a second there, I was like, who's Helen? A lot of times that you've messaged me about it, I was like, who is that? Dr. Sharp. Oh, we're friends. <laughs> so I'm telling you. Another thing that I'm going to bring up that you were talking about this is they do a really good job also of adding in small conversations between Helen and Lauren. That makes us feel like they're friends, uh, and they are, without it being like, oh my god, we're going to make a show of having female characters be friends. They're just friends. Sometimes Helen will call Lauren on her shit, and sometimes Lauren will be like, girl, what's up with that handbag? Um, They talk about more. They're making jokes. Yeah. Right. It isn't just about some dude. They're not talking about... I mean, I don't even think they really talked about men. They talked about people more than they've talked about men. Right. So, um, and they and it's a casual thing where uh, they remember that female characters sometimes talk to each other and relate to each other, and it, it has nothing to do. It's just not about plot all the time. Sometimes you just stop and say hi to your friend, and they make it look easy. But they they make the writers' room again. The writers' room they they have to be listening to their actors. It has to be diverse because. You can't make this shit up. Like it's very easy for a white writers' room to get it very wrong, mm-hmm. very quickly. And if <laughs> so. they can do it, other shows can do it. Yeah, but that's a part, honestly, that I really, really enjoy. Even like um, with Reynolds not being my favorite, his experience as a black man continues through the show, and he uses his position to help and advocate other black people. And it's not seen as, like, I feel like a lot of times they make it seem like they bring out the fact that this person is black for an episode. And they make it seem like, they make kind of make it seem like an angry black person. 
And I fucking hate that. Because they're advocating for themselves. They make it seem like they're the angry black person. And they're not. They're just people that are advocating and like holding out their hand for another person and lifting them up. And that's what he did when he brought in a lot of black women. And that's what he did when he was advocating for, um, I think it was one of the interns. He, he, the kind of man he was, kept going throughout it. And, like, I can't even imagine how that experience or the way that they write him comes across to a black person. Like, maybe they feel seen for the first time. And fuck yeah, feel seen. Um... Right. It's like you guys are not there. Like um, the last episode of New Amsterdam was an episode that focused um, on uh, the troubles that black mothers have when giving birth um, and how the system treats them. Yeah. Um, and it was written, I just checked, by a black woman. Um, and um, though I can't make out the entire makeup of the writer's room, um, I can clearly identify um three women of color, at least, from the five or six people I can identify on the writer's room. But I, I, I don't think any of us are surprised to hear that because it, you can tell from what you've seen. Um, yeah. And then um, the, the third season, for example, has uh, really told some stories that are like they tackled um, why gay men can't donate blood in an episode. Um, and then they tackled um, racism in an episode, not in a way that felt like they were trying to do, because they've always dealt with these issues. It wasn't in a way that I felt like they were trying to do a Black Lives Matter episode. It was sort of poking fun at Max, sort of realizing that his kid, who was white, um, would be treated differently from Black kids. And sort of he sort of goes into a, like, what can I do? Why am I, like, what am I doing wrong? Um, and then in the very max way that he has, he's just like, I'm going to fix it. Some things you can't fix. At least you can't fix them like in the 40-minute episode, um, which is the entire point of, of the episode. Um, and uh, But I think in general, they, they do a really good job with that, and they do a really good job of not dropping things. Um, when they bring them up, it becomes a thing. It isn't like um, Gero and Mark Guggenheim. Yeah, I'm going to call them out again. Um, so it's our favorite thing. It's our favorite thing. Okay, so yep. since we've gone through most of the characters, I, I just have Dr. Kapoor and Iggy to go. So which one do you want to talk first? About which character? Which uh, which one of the two you want to talk about first? Let's let's talk about Kapoor and let's leave Iggy for last because Iggy is going to make me cry. So we're going to cry. At the okay, end. Kapoor is my least um, favorite. Listen, Reynolds? Yep. Didn't you just say it was Reynolds? No, I love Kapoor. I don't like Kapoor. He's like a sweet old man. It's like he's a he's very, very sweet, judgmental life. old man. Right, but he's like an old, like very bad at life grandfather, like grumpy grandpa. I mean, like he reminds me of my grandpa. That usually doesn't work. In a grumpy way. If he were like a doctor in a hospital, I can imagine I that. do like that he learns. He... Like, usually when they have older characters on TV, or just TV or life in general makes you think that you can't keep learning when you're older, and that's a load of bullshit. You keep learning your entire life, and Dr. Kapoor, um, he messes up 
a lot and the fact that he isn't perfect is a good thing and the fact that he learns um is a good thing but yeah he's my least favorite doctor but there's a lot of things that are admirable about him especially the way he's there for people and his friendship with Iggy I also really like how he does his doctoring like he doesn't just go in there like moving fast like his um I guess trainee I don't yeah. I don't know what what her role is but like oh she's she sticks around Agnes Agnes okay I don't know yeah. anybody's names but like he he moves slow and he asks deliberate things and you think they kind of trick you into thinking that he's gonna be a dum-dum an incompetent idiot and then he's like, no, I'm being slow so that I can actually understand the issue so I can diagnose you correctly. And, like, I like that energy in com- in comparison to Max because Max is, like, you know, um, a chihuahua on crack. Like, he's just constantly <laughs> moving and going. Wait, and, like, like you have- when that dumbass got the chemo to go and was walking around right. the with that like, dumbass bag and he like, put a smiley face on it it's like yes what we got the chemo to go listen Listen, I really, like, that made me a little emotional when I saw that because I was in the hospital for a few weeks with pneumonia and I had my, my bag of fluids that I had to keep attached to me constantly and I was, like, seven or eight, but, like, we named him George and he would go on walks with me and I love that they personalized it because I did, I did, it was something that made it feel less scary. And I really appreciated that they did that because I'm like, that's that's what you do. You try to humanize it so it doesn't feel like it's this terrible burden. Um, so I don't know. I really like that moment. I will say Probably I like the, represent, uh, the, the, the representation when it comes to him because he's a famous, famous Indian actor. And right. um, I've seen him before in other stuff besides Silver Linings Playbook. Like when I was into Bollywood. He was in Silver Lining play, Playbook? I don't yeah, he was a doctor. All I remember about Silver Lining Playbook is that someone throws a book from a... A window and you felt that? That's all I remember. <laughs> like, I don't even remember the actors. Just that someone throws a book to the window. Like, in the same way that Reynolds is a black man having a black experience, he is an Indian man having an Indian experience. And... He doesn't just stop being Indian when, like, it's convenient for an episode or something like that. He is. And, you know, it speaks in his traditions and the way that he, um, you know, speaks about his wife, um, son, and then the relationship that he has with, um, Ella. Yeah. Ella. I I like that it just doesn't disappear like Reynolds. It's a part of who he is. Right. I've had a lot of talks with Supriya about that, about Dr. Kapoor, and like she, I didn't know how famous he was until she taught me. <clears throat> so another shout, shout out to Supriya, who always engages with us a lot more than on the podcast, and she she sort of um, also referred to him as uh, like everybody's grandpa, and, and that sort of feeling is the same thing I, got, I get. I, I sometimes think... Um, there's a lot of similarities in cultures, um, especially in the ways we see our elders. And he, he just he just reminds me of a grandpa. 
Uh, so he's not my least favorite. Um, but I, that we're talking about least favorite, I think, speaks to the strength of the characters because I genuinely like them all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, uh, for example, Iggy. Iggy is a character I really like. Iggy is a character that could be very one-dimensional and very badly done in so many other shows. Like, he's got so many chances of being cringy because he sees patients and you're constantly looking at scenes where he sees patients and he could have been cringy 20 different times and sometimes he oh somehow he always gets to me um the storyline they've been doing with him and his um eating disorder is just like there's an episode of season three i think it's episode two where i bawled for like 15 minutes every time iggy was on screen i was like um and then his his husband like the relationship he has with david uh it's all i think iggy is a really well realized character um and the way he even the way he does therapy like the little you see on on screen um i really like the way they present that it feels like they sort of know what they're doing even with that Right. I think part of the power of him is that they're not trying to tell a story of, like, him waking up to the realities of, like, being woke. Like, Iggy's a well-researched human being. Like, he knows the different issues that face communities that he has to see and treat. Um, so they're, they're not wasting time trying to, like, um, teach us through him. He's just saying, like, immediately like this is the right way and it's a complicated subject and it's not an easy thing to talk about but um let's figure it out you know what i mean like they they give him the power of of not dumbing him down i feel like it would have been really easy to dumb him down particularly because of like the psychology aspect and he's supposed to be like the learner or whatever else um and they didn't do that they're just saying either you get it or you don't and the audience gets it we know we understand what they're trying to say so and and whoever doesn't get it will stop watching and it probably won't be the majority and that's fine that's not your audience i like that he isn't like other therapists because i feel like in shows when they have therapists they're they always make the therapist like they're just sitting there and that's it and that's not how therapy goes they ask you questions um, they talk to you. They're trying to engage with you and find a way through the mess that is your head to a specific conclusion. And I like that Iggy, he engages with people, but in ways that don't make them feel like they're stupid or they're being talked down to or like um, like they don't just pour their hearts out to him because he's got soulful eyes um it doesn't it doesn't work like that and it shouldn't work like that and i hate that tv shows make it that therapy is like that because when the first time that i went to therapy i thought i was supposed to pour my heart out and the doctor was like what are you doing and i was like isn't this what i'm supposed to do and he was like therapy is what you make of it like we can talk about this stuff you can sit there silent for an entire hour i can ask you a bunch of questions like it's what we make of it um but yeah he respects people and i i think and respecting them means that he sees them um and it doesn't matter how old you are or like like how young you are he treats everybody with respect um he's had some tough cases that i have no idea 
how they like how he got through them um I, and i sat there and i was like there's there's no way this is gonna work out I, I, he's had a few cases where i've been like i would just smack this person yep like let's just smack i remember the psychopath the, the, yeah the, the, the right the no uh, yeah well you, you, i remember a few you haven't seen he's got a new one in season three where i just smack them but i remember one from season one the a trans kid um mm-hmm. who wanted top surgery and started posting on twitter i was like he had a little more pain. Like, that's his job. Yeah, he, he could have been destroyed. Because uh, it wasn't just posting on Twitter. It was posting disgusting things, painting Iggy as a transphobe. And that could destroy somebody's career. Like, Right. And then he was so kind about the having the conversation with why is this happening. Do you think maybe social media is influencing you too much? And it was like, right. God, he, he's good at this. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah. Uh, so, we have actually done a pretty long podcast just by going through characters. Um, I don't really know if there's much more to say other than just in general. If you had to tell people why they should watch this show. Um, short, quick, to the point. Why do you, would you recommend New Amsterdam? Lyra. I would recommend New Amsterdam. Because it's a story about human experience told with honesty um, and care. Beat that, Lenny. Oh, that was it. <laughs> um, I would recommend the show because I said so. Okay. That's a better one because Lenny said so. <laughs> Are you going to add something to that, Lenny? Actual, actual words. It's okay. Lenny she feels defeated has. by my words. No, I just don't. I don't want to embarrass you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, You know, I mean, I feel like the show does a good job of um, going to unexpected places, telling stories that are real and true without ever being condescending or speaking down to the audience. And the characters are all likable and genuine and being good. And I don't think that there's enough stories that focus on people who want to um, face down um, terrible systems of inequality, particularly in the medical field. Um, so it's it's nice to see a story where it's like radical change is at the core of these humans' experiences. So... Um, yeah, I think you should watch it just to be able to to kind of get that vibe and maybe um, learn some things about the terribleness of the medical system in the United States and how we need fighters like all of them to hopefully enact some change. Suck on that, Lara. Oh, she was going to say... <laughs> I don't know. Like, why did I, why did I do to her? Oh. I, I, <laughs> I think you... You can think whatever you well, want. Well, these two people are here arguing. Shut up. Uh, really? Stop talking <laughs> both of you so I can give my answer. Um, I think uh, you should watch New Amsterdam because I think this show is mainly about kindness. Um, about how kind people can make a difference. About how saying, how can I help and, and trying to help others. Um isn't always a bad thing like it's painted like um you can't really make a difference if you're kind in any field and like in any respect of life and these characters just go out there and the show um tries 
over and over to show you that kindness um, actually doesn't just work, but can make for a good story. Um, and that's rare. So those are our reasons for you watching Amsterdam. Um, and I think that's it. That's it for the podcast. Lyra, you can close. That's it for this episode of Stop and Fangirl. Make sure to... Follow us at Stop and Fangirl everywhere on social media except Twitter where it's Stop and Fangirl 3. Uh, we do have a Patreon if you would like to contribute to um, this podcast and future podcasts. Thank you and have a wonderful day.